0: welcome to the video insiders podcast i'm carlos pacheco and i'm tom martin and we are two socially distancing channel managers in our homes managing many many channels many many youtube networks and generating still generating views money might not be the same thing these days
1: (laughs) yeah we are we are literally the video insiders How have
0: you been,
1: Tom? Yeah, I'm I'm surprisingly chipper. I'm trying my best to, you know, keep calm and carry on the British way. So, um, yeah, just trying to adjust to the new normal. It seems to change every week. Um, but I think now we've got a bit more of a pattern. My wife is now able to work from home. She's recovered from any illnesses that she had, whether they were Corona related or not, we still don't know, but it doesn't really matter. Um, so yeah, we've got like a shift pattern going on. We just had our first quote unquote weekend, which was, um, strange. <laughs> and, uh, we're luckily to have had some good weather, which hopefully will continue this week, but yeah, you're, you're taking my job. With, and I uh, know. Yeah. British weather <laughs> updates. So yeah, it's, it's generally new, Trying to adjust to the new normal and then get on with business as usual.
0: Yeah. And yourself? Sort of the same. uh Going on week four of uh, self-isolating, social distancing, physical distancing, whatever you want to call it, you know, working from home and taking care of the dogs and all that sort of stuff. We sort of, you know, got into the beat of it. And it's just interesting when you say news is changing. For me, it's like every day is a different, uh, you know, different situation. It yeah. feels like a new world. Everybody's online streaming all of a sudden. So yeah, it's it's essentially where things are. And so, you know, thankfully enough, work is not disappearing for me. TV networks are seeing the opportunity even though they're not making as much money, they're like, okay, well, we need to take, you know, bat down the hatches and, and build our audiences. So that's where I think the strategy is for anybody in the content space. It's sort of like understanding that, Hey, all of a sudden we got an influx of people online looking for, to be, you know, entertained for information and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. You're not going to make as much money. You can, you know, build an audience so that when the money does come back, it'll hopefully come back roaring. So it's it's really interesting to, to see how the landscape sort of adjusting to this, uh, this new world order
1: i guess yeah and speaking of uh influx of viewership we're, we're really seeing that ac- across the um the kids niche which makes sense with all of the kids yes uh, at home um and we're going to be speaking more about the kids um kids vertical would you call it a vertical yeah the kids vertical on youtube and beyond with our guest today but before that, we must say a huge thank you to today's sponsor.
0: Thank you TubeBuddy, TubeBuddy is the ultimate tool for creators to streamline their daily workflow on YouTube, allowing for more time to make great content. This is the time to take advantage of TubeBuddy to grow your channel as fast as possible while audiences are wrapped for content. Uh, for brands to help reduce busy work and focus on what matters. Growing your business on YouTube. For agencies to help manage multiple clients, channels, and for networks to give partners the tools for success and an attractive incentive for recruitment. Do we have a offer for our lovely audience?
1: Indeed we do. You can get a world-exclusive multi-channel license discount by visiting videoinsiders.fm forward slash buddy. Thank you buddy Thank
0: you buddy All right. We are welcoming Brenda Bisner to the Video Insiders podcast who you met. Remind me again?
1: Yeah. So I originally spoke to Brenda, kind of like cold emailed Brenda. Um, as part of my efforts to distribute kids content. And she agreed to jump on the phone with me. This was maybe a year Uh and a half ago and started off uh, very much kind of like, who is this guy? (laughs) Why am I talking to him? I think by the end she realized that I knew my onions and I knew what I was talking about and I was a good guy. And I introduced her to a couple of uh, colleagues of mine that um, they ended up signing deals with um, Kidoodle uh, for their content. So we then became friends and we met in uh, real life at the, um, trying to think where we first met. Oh, she came over to London. She's a bit of a jet setter. And then we met at another kids conference and, um, we've kept in touch ever since. So, um, very good friend of mine, but really just like an upstanding member of the community, uh, very vocal, very passionate about what she believes in around kids content. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's going to come across in today's interview.
0: Yeah, I've had uh, the pleasure of being on a few calls with Brenda over the last couple of weeks as you introduced me to her. And I have clients with kids content and uh, it's a really fascinating, I love how passionate she is about the kids space and creating a safe space for kids, which I think is like, is it's almost this, this typical Google situation where Google isn't paying attention to this and you know has jumped, you know, like they launched YouTube Kids with absolutely no oversight, as typical robots that Google are, you know. And then basically, oh, the AI is going to take care of it. It's like, nope, that's not going to happen. And Brenda's, you know, she's very vocal over frustration of the platform, and she's absolutely right to be frustrated about because this this is stuff we've been talking to. YouTube or warning YouTube for years, and they just sit back and just pretend it's not there, or for some reason or another, just cannot put any resources towards making you you know YouTube Kids uh, safe for kids. So here's the opportunity: Kidoodle, a platform that's safe for kids and helps content creators monetize their content, and it's an Avod you know a model and with a pretty great deal in terms of like. Monetization. We're talking about, you know, flat CPMS. We're talking about, uh, you know, no unmonetized views. Everything gets monetized. You know, everything's much more controlled. You're not going to put unboxing videos on this platform. They're they're just bringing in the TV, you know, the TV thinking in terms of like safe, putting safe content on on the web in in a system that you know benefits. Uh, the parent and uh, benefits the content creator. So to me, yeah, I love, I love the, fi- I love the work they're doing, and
1: uh, and I, I, would, I would also add, and I'm sure Brenda would add, benefits the child as well, you know, the viewer. Yes, of course. So yeah, we'll, uh, we'll roll the interview now, and then we'll be back on the other side to put a bow on the conversation. So here is Brenda Business. So please let me say hello to one of my favoritest people inside of the video industry, Anna. Uh, Just in case you haven't heard of her, she's going to introduce herself in just a second. Please, big round of applause, everyone. Big welcome to Brenda Bisner. Welcome to the Video Insiders podcast.
2: Well, thanks, Tom. Excited to be here. All Good. the way from Vermont at the moment.
1: Vermont, <laughs> not in uh, New York where you're usually at. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But first, please do let our listeners, just in case they haven't heard of you or Kadoodle, um, tell us how you ended up and found your way to Kadoodle and what exactly is Kadoodle?
2: Sure. Uh, well, I've been in the kids industry for a little over 20 years and I've done pretty much every job in the business. And when digital started to become a thing, it's what I really glommed on to and have been navigating that space since the very start. Um, and along the way, I started doing deals with Cadoodle a few years ago, and then the CEO and I uh, started a conversation, I guess now it would be almost five years ago, <laughs> about the state of the industry and what we um, were looking at Cadoodle to have the opportunity to do, uh, which then segues me into Cadoodle, which by far is some of the most important work I've ever done. It is 100% my dream job, and uh, what we're doing in you know, in the world right now is now more necessary than ever. So, the best way to understand Cadoodle is that we're a channel for children under 12 and we're reaching over 195 countries. So to distill that down a little bit more, we are a safe streaming channel. We own the word safe streaming and we take it very seriously adhering to all of the laws in, a, you know, in the most aggressive way possible, COPA, GDPRK, Kids Safe Certified. We believe in keeping kids safe. Uh, and for us, that you know, uh, really started with when we were looking at the landscape and kids going on open platforms that say in the terms and conditions that they're not for kids under 13 and monitoring the harm that they were facing um, while they were exploring those those outlets. And so it was really imperative for us to create something that ultimately served as that safe alternative. And in addition to that, uh, an additional revenue corridor for brand owners, uh, for them to place their content in a in an environment that is actually okay for children to be in.
1: So what does the look like for, for kids and parents? What is the actual what is the actual offering?
2: Sure. Our first point of entry, really, our main point of entry is connected TVs. So if you're sitting with a Vizio, a Samsung, an LG, Hisense, Amazon Fire, you've got a Roku, an Apple TV, you go on. It's a free download for Kadoodle. We operate, for the the industry here, uh, 90% AVOD business, advertising-based, with a 10% usage of SVOD subscription subscribers. Uh, we see that that usage blend is is continuing to stay more advertising focused because parents are looking for a free, safe option for their kids, pretty much always. Yeah, <laughs> and there um, myself.
1: Yeah, that's one thing I love about Cadoodle, and when I see you post on LinkedIn and even in your email mm. uh, signature, it's like a parent. Is it a parent first company? something along those
2: lines. Uh, we're owned by a parent, a parent media company. And That's the whole it, yeah. thought process was that it would have many babies. And Cadoodle is one of those babies. And we take it really seriously, our connection to, you know, family and kids. And the first part of our job title indicates how we are connected to a child. Uh, because, you know, that, again, it's the basis of the the why of our company. We believe in keeping kids safe. and And that is, you know, what drives us every day.
1: And what kind of brands and intellectual properties are available on Kadoodle? Is it the kind of mainstream stuff? Is it classic brand new? Is it like uh, YouTubers on there as well? You know, typical sure. quote unquote, you know, like the Roy, Ryan's Toy Review type channels?
2: <laughs> um, well, I am the chief content officer, so I oversee all of the content for Cadoodle. what we're putting on and what um, you know our viewers are looking for. And we do harness a lot of great content from YouTube. Um, so if you have existing content on YouTube and a business there, ideally you take that same content and put it into Kadoodle, bada bing, bada boom, you have your kids now watching it in a safe place and you have an additional revenue corridor. In addition to that, I also see content from large distribution companies and broadcasters all around the world, which rounds out our content offering today at about 20,000 episodes, maybe a little bit more, from everyone in the business, um, you know, with big brands like Talking Tom or Sunny Bunnies, which is a big show on Disney, to Bakugan, um, to, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh! Down to brands that were born out of YouTube, like you know Bella and Beans, or you've got Aaron's Animals. Um, we're about to launch um, some more from Moonbug, which is Little Baby Bum and Moreful—very good, classic educational. You know, now franchisable brands uh, that come from there. And you know, right now we're about to launch the uh, the Arman Animation titles, which will be really exciting to put on. And you know, we've got Guinness Book of World Records. Um, we've got uh, Kids Bop, which is an awesome brand, for, especially now for movement and music. Um, things like Molong, 64 Zoolane, Oddbods. Oh, it's just so fun because I get to buy cartoons for a living. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have so many great ones.
1: <laughs> and I know so many of them for yeah. kids. 64 mm-hmm. Zoolane was uh, certainly a highlight of me when my first son was born many, many years ago. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, you're one of the most outspoken people in the industry, I would say, in in a positive way, um, Mm. both in your social media posts and I've seen you on panels and uh, speaking in front of audiences, and you're very, very, very strong about how we should keep keep kids safe online and rightly so as a parent myself. Yeah. So we kind of – I feel like we need to tackle the kind of – the elephant in the room, the big red and white elephant. So that's YouTube, but also other platforms that you would consider not safe. Um, And I know you've got a great analogy about crossing the street. Uh, I'd love to just hear your thoughts generally about, and you don't have to name YouTube specifically, but other platforms uh, and why they're maybe, or definitely probably not the places that are, are best places for your, your children's time to be spent.
2: Right, well, I, I'm not going to call out anybody specifically, but I think it's really important as not just a brand owner, but as a parent or a caregiver for your children to understand what your kids are asking to do online. and to say technology is a scary word. it's that's not the case. We're all using it. so you know remove that. Uh, obstacle and and any judgment around really you know what your kids want to do. For example, things like you know first person shooter games that allow you to talk to strangers. Have you played that yourself? Do you know what your kids are talking about? who they're talking about? <laughs> do you know if there's danger involved in that? Mm-hmm. You know when they're when you're looking at different options for your kids, is this an open platform or a closed platform, meaning has anything been viewed before going up? Like at Kadoodle, we have a whole QA team of real humans that look at everything down to our adverts before they go live. Um, With something that's an open platform, anybody can upload anything at any moment, which is why you see things like, you know, terrorist videos or some of these scary, you know, like the Momo thing that happened um, back last February, You know, terrifying events for children that that definitely mentally damage them in a lot of ways if they're unsupervised. Um, So I think that's part of it, and and communication around you know why is this important in your house? You know, what is it? What what are the basis? You know, what's the base of this being allowed? Is this a reward? Is this you know just a distraction? We just finished a a research study with a fancy Washington D.C. agency and will be releasing a white paper around co-viewing habits. Um, very specifically, parents know that their kids are in danger. 90% of parents uh, quoted said that they knew their kids were in danger when they were on something like a YouTube or a YouTube Kids. And you know, it's hard not to say that that's not the prime example, right? And YouTube is a wonderful, wonderful place and some great things have happened because of YouTube. So I'm not bashing it, I'm just simply stating that it is not made for children under 13. It says so in the terms and conditions. And you know, it's a choice and, and a judgment-free choice from our perspective uh, for parents if they want their kids to be there. But as a brand owner, you know, where you're placing your content is where kids are going to go. So that decision on, okay, is this something we feel is of value? Again, judgment-free, you know, we're making those decisions and sending kids in certain places. Which is a long way of saying that it's really important that we understand where we're at, what people are, you know, what's, what's available. Is this open? Is it closed? Are we talking to strangers? Um, which, as you brought up already, you know, when you cross the street, you hold your kid's hand, right? And that's what we're doing at Kadoodle. And we really believe strongly in that whole safety aspect, um, you know, which is why we have a very human approach, which I think is really important in a technology-driven world.
1: I think another side to protecting kids online was was made very very apparent last year um, mm-hmm. with the big uh, FTC ruling against uh, YouTube collecting data on um, those under thirteen. Uh, mm-hmm. What is um, what is Cadoodle's stance on on data collection?
2: <laughs> well, it's creepy and it's illegal, so therefore we will never do it. We actually built, you know, we're a tech company first and foremost, so we can always build whatever fancy toy we want Um, and that's, that's a great thing to be able to do and one thing we have built is programmatic stacks to anonymize all data. We don't know anything about the children that are on our channel. And we shouldn't because it's illegal to collect data on kids. That's why COPA, GDPR exist. And, and we take that incredibly seriously. And, you know, to look at what happened with YouTube, well, that that was dangerous for a lot of kids. And, you know, those changes were something that were a long time coming. And, you know, I hope that it helps keep kids safe, their changes. I think there's still some some movement to happen And we'll see how that goes, you know, but we're just watching, I think, the beginning of it.
1: Yeah, I think um, we we, let's let's stick on the topic of of that, that court case and the ramifications of that. We saw uh, a big change in, first of all, view counts late 2019 and then come the turn of the year, we saw features start to disappear from kids YouTube channels, uh, monetization, being you know, reduced somewhere on most channels between 60 and 80% is the kind of word on the street. Um, mm-hmm. Has uh, Has Cadoodle seen a benefit in that creators have finally realized that, oh, wow, you know, I've built my business all on YouTube and YouTube have kind of got the keys to to me, earning revenue or not. Have you seen people kind of knocking at your door saying, please can we can we have in? We need to diversify our revenue stream. Um, you know, have you have you seen an influx of creators that want to get their quote unquote YouTube content up onto Kadoodle? Well, to put
2: all your eggs in one basket just doesn't sound like a smart approach to begin with. And I think as a business owner, you're always looking to diversify. And for the companies that were very strictly focused on YouTube, there was some very generous amounts of money being made, right? And and that was what I'll refer to as the gold rush. Yeah. And again, that's you know where we've seen some fantastic brands be born for kids that we never otherwise would have seen because of the traditional broadcast approach, the million-dollar shows, the three to five years of co-production financing, and um, all of the you know. Ramifications that go with that, and all the delays that happened. So it was really challenging to get a kids show made before. And I think for for us, you know, determining um, that sixty to eighty percent loss for people and saying, okay, well, this is something that isn't, you know, it's going to be terrible. We really wanted to create something that we call a Creator Network. So when I'm looking at some of these great YouTube brands coming on our channel. You know, we can measure the retention that they get on on Cadoodle TV and then look long term, like, can we support this brand? Is this something that we would want to invest in from an original perspective to create more of this content to bring to kids um, that would specifically live in the Cadoodle TV environment? And you're not wrong about the 60 to 80% revenue loss. I think that, you know, some people have reported more. Some people are, you know, the bigger sort of YouTube brands out there, like, yeah, we'll, we'll offset it because we have other revenue streams like consumer products. But, you know, speaking today, at the end of March 2020, we're living in a very, very different world, and consumer products now is very much a different space as well. <laughs> we have our kids at home. We're self-educating. I <laughs> hear yours in the background. <laughs> yeah. Um, So I think that, yes, it it has been, in some ways, um, a great opportunity for people to look outside of the YouTube space, because for so long, they were making, you know, in some cases, thousands, in some cases, million dollars, you know? And um, now they're saying, okay, well, we've seen that decrease, where else can we look to get to kids, which I think is in a safe way, number two, and of course, make some money on it as well. Um, and no one really wants to be on the other side of the safety conversation. <laughs> yeah. If you don't want to keep kids safe, I, that's a that's a very different problem that, that you know, we're talking about. Um, and I think from a marketing perspective, it adds a lot of value as well, you know, because parents want to put their kids somewhere safe. They don't want to have something else to worry about, you know.
1: Yeah. And I, you bring up a great point about us being in a very very different world so as i mentioned in our introduction or i will mention in our introduction this is actually our second attempt at recording this podcast after <laughs> the technical gremlins got us the first time and it's been quite a rapid change in the world with the coronavirus going on and we we uh, just recorded and published um another episode about the effects of coronavirus on the video industry check that out in your podcast feed and um yeah, I'd, I'd love to know, like you say, so kids are at home. I've heard figures of YouTube viewership being up generally 30% across the board. Netflix and YouTube have uh, set their default streaming resolution to standard to offset the amount of usage that's, and bandwidth that's going on. Has Kadoodle uh, seen a big rise uh, in viewership since the, uh, the general global lockdown? And uh, what else is, I've noticed a few posts recently about some other initiatives that you guys are doing while kids are at home.
2: Yeah, well, for us right now, there's, you know, we're looking at a crisis that is a global thing, right? It's very upsetting in a lot of ways. And I got to be honest with you, human to human, I'm very grateful, even more so for the important work that we do at Cadoodle to keep kids safe streaming. Our viewership has had a huge increase to say it's through the roof is a total understatement. I personally have been going 24-7, literally with no time down, to continuously gather all of the great content. A lot of these big um, channels that are being recommended by schools are coming on board right now, really building out um, that educational, that movement, that mindfulness kind of content. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, you know, there's there's a lot of things within this conversation. One is definitely the fact that I'm not a teacher. I was never trained to be a teacher and I'm suddenly forced into, like a lot of people, yourself included, who are listening to this, forced into educating our children which I'm not doing her any favors yeah, <laughs> because no, I'm also writing a channel and trying to, you know, she, she tells me that I'm a babysitter for kids all around the world, which is a legit cover story, <laughs> but you, I have to take care of them.
1: <laughs> and you can hear my kids being forced into education downstairs oh, as we gosh. speak. <laughs> this it's, is just, the, I think tough. this is, I think this and Zoom calls being interrupted oh, is just please. going to be a, a new the new state of the world. So I don't think people just generally need to apologize for it anymore. I think it's just going to be.
2: No, which is nice because at first, you know, it was like walking in the closet. I got an important call, but now, you know, they're walking around. I'm hungry. You know, they're like puppies. They have to run. They have to be fed. And the education part (laughs) to say, here, go watch something educational online in their sort of recess time. They're like, no, I want to go watch something totally mind numbing or, you yeah, I'm going to dance to something. Or, so that's where a lot of the focus is. And as a company, you know, we take this really seriously because we our parents ourselves, um, and we launched an initiative last week that I'm really proud of us for doing. It's called Helping Hands. And there are a lot of companies doing this as well, and each one offers something different. And, you know, we're really just there to help, you know, and that's what we're trying to offer within this newsletter and if you go to Cadoodle TV's Instagram page, you can sign up for it in the link there in our bio. And, you know, we're not going to inundate you, but we're going to send some meaningful things. And we have some really great PSAs on the channel um, the other day. Miss Persona from Novana just launched. It's a really great little, you know, video about taking care of yourself, washing your hands. A lot of things like that are coming on just to kind of give kids the you know lay of the land the new world order you know when they're they're confused obviously so how can you communicate with your kids better about what's going on you know um we're trying to offer those solutions and it will consistently evolve and you know it's helpful for me i mean i'm trying to navigate it as well and, you know we're all just humans at the end of the day so <laughs> let's help each other which is a refreshing thing i have to say being a new yorker and thinking back after 9-11 everybody was very helpful and it was very much a sense of community and i'd like to think that that's something that will be born out of this is that you know we're all very much looking to help each other
1: yeah that's yeah. something that I, I think that's definitely something that i've seen hopefully that will continue but we'll see how crazy people go after a few more weeks of lockdown um one, <laughs> one another, another thing that has been affected by um The kind of global state of things is the advertising market. Mm -hmm. A lot of people who are facing financial trouble in business, the first thing to go usually is the marketing budget. Um, Unless you are masterclass who are just running ads. Do you do that? (laughs) I don't. They're targeting me for every single class.
2: Everything makes me... I keep thinking
1: about it. (laughs) Well, the advertising is working, obviously. But apart (laughs) apart from Masterclass, it seems that many people have pulled or reduced their advertising spend. And so, again, a trend that I'm seeing and hearing on the grapevine is that YouTube CPMs are falling through the floor as viewership goes up. How has um, Cadido's advertising stood uh, this kind of current test? And how are creators affected by that, your creators?
2: From an advertising perspective, um, we were preparing for Advertising Week in London right when we were watching pretty much everything crumble, you know, uh, (laughs) the world start to really shut down. Uh, And what we're shifting that into with a lot of our advertising partners is... Uh, Webinars, which I actually have one scheduled right after this. Um, We are serving the advertisers in a different way. Um, We've worked very hard at building out our ad sales division and approach and our offering. Um, And we personally, knock on wood, have not seen a decrease in that because of our technology and our problematic stack building and how, you know, going direct to DSPs, SSPs, you know, we can... We can um, allow them to get their ads in front of viewers, which ultimately is what they want, is people to see their ads. We haven't had a lot of trouble in that particular section, so I feel very lucky we're not seeing that, at least not today. Um, Now, with YouTube, I think there's a lot of other factors at play as to why CPMs are falling, especially around kids' content which you know just to add on is a very you know what determines kids content still needs to be figured out but um i could see how that's the case with youtube specifically but for us not saying
1: that yeah so i'd love to get your opinion on this not as a, a youtube expert but just as a a kids media expert mm-hmm. it's a question that i've had for a long time uh, and it's been heightened in the last 6 to 12 months is that if i'm watching or if my kids are watching something on, let's say, for example, Nick Jr., Mm -hmm. then they are going to get, you know, filled up ads slots in between shows and in the middle of shows for um, other TV shows, other TV channels, Playmobil, Lego, theme parks, Mm -hmm. toys, clothes, aimed perfectly at children. Mm -hmm. 100% of inventory obviously sold. Why does YouTube struggle to get those same advertisers on board? Because in all the years that my kids have been watching YouTube, I don't think I've ever really seen an age-appropriate ad for kids' TV or kids' toys or kids' theme parks or kids' whatever it may be. Why do you think it is that YouTube struggles to find those kind of kids' advertisers proper?
2: Well, as far as how, you know, YouTube – is struggling with finding kids appropriate ads. I, I can't really answer that. And I don't honestly really want to, but I will say it is machine driven. And I know that they do offer that you can, you know, click certain kinds of ads, but you know, things fall through the cracks because it's all machine driven. Um, and I think that the user experience within the, ad, you know, the click through kids can navigate around that, um, you know, for us when we're, and just like a Nick Jr. or a traditional broadcaster in that sense, you know, when we're looking at ads, it needs to, you know, fit into the experience for the child. Um, and they are very much decision makers in the home uh, in a lot of ways. So, you know, a cute kid in a car commercial isn't necessarily out of the question. Um, but, uh, you know, definitely selling toys is the number one priority. And I really wish that YouTube had figured that out and adhered to COPA and GDPR and and all of that safe, not creepy collecting on kids <laughs> so that's about as much as I'll give you.
1: Cool. Fair enough. Um, yeah. So if if I'm a jaded YouTube creator um, sure. and I've, you know, I've spent a lot of time and effort mm-hmm. building up a brand and an audience on YouTube and yeah. all of a sudden overnight they decide to put the kibosh on my channel, take away my features, my audience, blah, 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 a few of these creators I've pointed in your direction. Mm-hmm. Um what, what's the process of like how they get their stuff to be on Kadoodle and what is it that you're looking for and what is it that you're not looking for from kind of tri- you know what you'd call like a YouTube creator as opposed sure. to like a distribution company or a broadcaster that's got a bunch of cartoons and stuff?
2: Well, I talk to a lot of really jaded YouTube creators. Um, I talk to people who are furious about the arbitrary algorithm changes that they face uh, that are furious because they have seen eighty percent of a lack in revenue I, you know I can definitely be a therapist to some extent um and then talk more about what they can do for us. One thing that we have is our safe streaming guidelines. So, you know, adhering to safety, we don't have anything. I'll kill you. You're stupid. You're fat. You're ugly. No guns. There's nothing. You no know, first-person shooters. No YouTube call-outs. No subscribe here language. No watermarks. Um, if you're thinking beyond all of your eggs in the YouTube basket, to eliminate things that totally brand you to YouTube are really important for creators to consider integrating. Um, I see this a lot with gamers, these people who are playing Minecraft, Roblox, Think Noodles. Um, a few other big games, you know, they're very much about subscribe to my channel. So it's all about that. If you eliminate that from your videos, you've now just opened up yourself to a lot of other opportunity for distribution. And we have a lot of those kids. You know, I'm serving kids under 12 in 195 countries. So we consistently are looking to fill a lot of holes and breaking down by the preschool bucket, you know, which is always a very congested space. There's a ton of great preschool content out there. And we have a, a, a large chunk of it, um, five to eight, I always call the gray area kid because sometimes they, it feels like they're forgotten because you know once you know you're out of preschool, where are you really going to go there's there's always like a need for that demographic, yeah. specifically in comedy and gaming, um, and you know real life other kids doing fun things. Uh, we will never have unboxing videos. we will not have parents pimping out their children for financial gain. Uh, we very much care about child labor laws and, um, you know, the quality and how things are being done. Um, and then, of course, 9 to 12, which is a whole different animal, right? It's, you you're getting into a different zone. You're preparing yourself to go to YouTube. So you know, we have some, some more older geared content there. We also have a very serious discoverability protocol for our channel so that every brand can get, you know, proper, um, you know, um, a, you know, relevant search and be viewed. So we break it down by themes as well. You know, holiday things do really good for us. Um, comedy, like I said, imagination, movement, mindfulness—big category right now that's growing globally, um, even more so. Uh, so we're always looking ninjas. I'm really trying to build out my ninja uh, <laughs> themed category. My fart jokes, you know, all the good stuff. But we're very. The best part is, is that because I have such a large um, audience to, to serve in terms of the content offering that I'm looking at, uh, for Kadoodle, we, we're very open to a lot of different kinds of things. Um, and we look, at, we look at every detail of it very holistically, like how will this resonate? And we could tell pretty quickly after a few you know, months, maybe even the first year, if it's gonna you know, have the retention that means something. Um, and that's just, you know, that's, those are always very important tools to have.
1: I'd like to go back to a point that you raised a second ago and it's for me, it's the biggest problem as a parent. Mm. You know, I'm not, I'm not one of these people that's super against breaks in privacy or, you know, CCTV or collecting data. Yeah, it's bad, but I think there are bigger problems in the world. And mm. to me, the biggest problem that YouTube should have clamped down on a lot earlier and other platforms mm. is what you said about child labor laws. Cause I see, my kids watching some stuff and I'm like these poor kids like where, and I'm not going to name any names, but you know, you can imagine if you've got kids and you've seen this stuff, where are they? Where is their childhood going to (laughs) go? You know, you see what happens to child stars and all this kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. So how does Kadoodoo deal with that? If you find a property that you think this is awesome, this is educational, it's going to bring value to our viewers and it's little Johnny, you know, teaching people about animals or whatever it may be, how do you then uh, certify or ratify that Johnny's not working 12 hours a day and that Johnny's still going to school? I know it's not your job, but if you want to take that title, obviously it's a consideration that you have to make. How does Cadoodle broach that subject?
2: Well, I will start by saying it's very hard to own a person, right it's it's better to own a brand and you, you kind of have watched the networks have their child stars that go pretty much a at some point because of extreme fame and wealth and it's just a matter of time before something like that happens to some of these kids that do prove to become very big um, as far as vetting don't i don't you know we don't have a lot of that kind of content you um, things like Ryan's toy review Um, you know, reviewing toys, that's something that we don't put on the channel. If Ryan had, say, science content, that would be something different, but that comes from a company that represents him that does take child labor laws very seriously and does take percentage of revenue and put into the trust account that is legally mandated and does give education to parents, just like a Disney or a Nick or any broadcaster would when you have a child star. Uh, but when you look at uh, the, the the lack of regulation for parents within that environment, you know almost like when you go on a broadcast, you're forcing them to do that. You know, then you have situations where, you know, <laughs> now you're you're the cash cow, right? And and they're dependent on you. And then one day, you know, we're going to start seeing a lot of emancipations happen. Look at Macaulay Culkin's situation. Um and that's very scary to me. And then if you are the family that just lost 80% of your revenue because of the, you know, the, the changes with YouTube, well now do you still have to sell your house because you can't make that much money anymore? Now what happens? Now you've got to go get a real job again. You know, so it's it's looking at many different factors. It's been a very sensitive issue uh, for for us from the, the very beginning, the unboxing videos and these parents putting their children, you know, to work like this. So it, you know, it's always a very, it's a very specific, you know, what is the show? What's the point of the show? What's the value? Is there some sort of educational tie-in? What are these parents doing to give back? You know, where is this, where is this going? We look at a lot of different factors and we take the decision really seriously. And of course, you know, we want to take care of kids. We believe in keeping them safe. So it's always a, a very black and white. It's either yes or it's a total no, right? And if there's any question, then it's a No. Um, And we're there for, you know, our brand owners. One thing I always say is welcome to the Cadoodle family. And we mean it because we are very much like a family company and we want our brand owners and creators to feel like they're part of something that's important because they
1: are. Yeah, I think that's really commendable. And as I say, this is an issue that I've kind of got up on my soapbox a number of times about and probably much more so than the kind of data side or whatever it may be. Well, I don't want to keep you for too much longer because I know you've got 24-7 content acquisitions to, <laughs> to get on with, and I'm hoping to have my own titles up on Kadoodle pretty soon. More, more about Great. that in the future. Um, but what is, what is the future for Kadoodle? Like new features to the platform, new partners? We'll what can we expect if we are keeping an eye on Kadoodle?
2: Absolutely. Well, I try to, you know, acquire as many great shows as possible. You'll see some very large announcements of coming out here very soon with uh, some very big brands. Uh, we're continuing to expand our platform launches on a global scale. Um, you know, our user experience will always evolve. So checking the channel on a regular basis is really important. Um, you know, we're continuously expanding in our, you know, our advertising partnership. Uh, sector as well. And and quite frankly, right now we're really building out that social media connection to our actual users, to our families, so that we can be there. You know, brands that are listening right now, if you have content, feel free to email at content at kadoodle.tv. Happy to take a look Um, You know, we we do have quite a large submission uh, backlog, but we you know do get to everybody at some point. (laughs) Hopefully sooner than later. I really try very hard on that. And you know, at the end of the day, we're continuously just adding more content and building out, making it a greater experience for kids. And it's really important that you know, if you have a story to share of something that happened for you and your family, or you know that you know of, you know, let us know. We're you know we're here to to listen. We're here to take that information and consider it as we continue to evolve our safe streaming channel for kids all around
1: the world. And if people want to hear more from you specifically and what you've got to say on the industry, I know that you're very vocal on LinkedIn, love reading your posts and updates. Is, is LinkedIn the best place to hear more from you? Are you on any other social platforms that you want to put out into the world?
2: Well, I'm very much vocal on LinkedIn in a lot of ways, and we'll be sharing, you know, relevant information, and the interviews that are going on, any helpful tips, um, certainly from our, uh, you know, a business perspective. Um, I definitely take, you know, my private life very seriously, but you can try to find me on Instagram as well, um, you know, and, and it's 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 also something, that that's another conversation about digital permanence, but, you know, I, I keep everything pretty private in terms of, you know, my child and what goes out there as well, and. I think it's another conversation that's worthy
1: of having. So put that in your back pocket. Well, I know for sure we're going to get you back on sometime in the future. But for now, Brenda, it's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, guys, please go check out Kadoodle and make sure you know exactly what your kids are watching. Thank you, Brenda. Thank you, John.
2: Bye.
0: Well, Brenda is definitely a character. (laughs) She's got definitely opinions and I think it it is great. I love the fact that she's uh, so passionate about this space, totally understands what's going on on the platforms and is taking advantage of, in a way, Google, YouTube's uh, myopic view of this uh, ecosystem.
1: Yeah, and I think a bit like... A bit like me you know she is a a mum first a parent first just like i'm a dad first and she really you know has very strong opinions of how you know and i I was very much up on my soapbox again on in that episode as i have been on previous episodes and uh and that's not to say that you know youtube and other platforms don't care about kids but they're not necessarily making that their number one focus and priority as as brenda and kadood are
0: yeah i mean and i think you're right. There's obviously people. You know, I, I tend to be like, you know, like, no, they don't care. <laughs> uh, but you know, obviously, there's people that care in there internally. But there's obviously, you know, a lack of of just putting the resources behind it. So, as I said before the interview, it's it, it opens up opportunities for other players to just take, scoop up that audience and scoop up scoop up that content. And I'm all for it. You know, we need to create competition and just, you know, the AVOD ecosystem, the self-serve. It's not really self-serve. It's more a little bit of a brand, you know, as somebody who's dealing, who's onboarding content with them uh, as we speak, it's it's less hands-on-y that, than YouTube. It's more like you deliver the content, they take care of everything, which is, you know, more traditional way of, of dealing with distribution. It, it's got its pluses, it's got its minuses, but... At the same time, like you know, uh, it's it's another platform that uh, helps diversify creators' income, and that's the smart thing to do.
1: Yeah, and I think they're really growing. I think they're just going to continue to grow. Um, But at the same time, I don't ever think they're going to lose what makes them kind of different. And um, you know, that's you know YouTube's biggest. Lesson is also probably its biggest its biggest curse in that it's pure a pure scale model, and when you hit a certain scale, there's no way that you can sit and manually review every single video before it goes live on a platform. But that is something that Cadoodle are still in a position to do, and I believe they will continue to do that. And so, you know, that is it's it's quality over quantity, isn't it? Really. So, and I think that is a a trade off that they're more than happy to make, and you know insist that they make continue to make that so thank you Brenda it was absolutely fascinating to talk to you I could talk to you for hours as you know I usually do cheering your ear off about the industry so great to hear from you and um, before we go if you enjoyed this please share it with someone else in the industry that you think should hear it whether they're Uh, a independent creator with kids content or a distributor that are not currently distributing on Kadoodle. Also while you're there, give us a rating and review in, Apple Podcast or the podcast app of your choice.
0: Thank you for listening. Thank you, Brenda, for coming on the show. And uh, before we go, a big thank you to TubeBuddy for being our in uh, you know, our founding sponsor. TubeBuddy is the ultimate tool for creators. Obviously, you know we're uh, big fans of the platform, uh, of the app, of the Chrome extension, and uh, recommend it to all our clients as it helps us with our daily work uh, optimizing uh, youtube channels and making sure they that videos get the maximum views they can maximum organic views we have a special offer tom you want to tell people about it
1: yes you can get an exclusive multi-channel license discount by visiting videoinsiders.fm forward slash thank you chew
0: Thank you to buddy and to everybody. Stay safe out there. Stay
1: at home. Bye.
0: Bye.